Welcome to The Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. How's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle Podcast. This is episode 147. I hope everybody's having a great week out there in drumland. We're having a good week over here at the Drum Shuffle World headquarters. Um, just always a pleasure to bring you our guest this week. And he'll be coming up right after this message from Lost Cabos Drumsticks. I'm going to be joined once again by the great Daphnis Prieto. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Lost Cabos Drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Lost Cabos Drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Lost Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Lost Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Lost Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Lost Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Lost Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at lostcabosdrumsticks.com, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Lost Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Lost Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned before, uh, our message there from Lost Cabos Drumsticks, I am joined once again today by the great Daphnis Prieto. Um, Daphnis has been a guest on this show, I I want to say three previous times, and The thing that I want to get across about Daphnis, not only is he a phenomenal musician and arranger and writer and composer, um, it's his joy for music and making music and bringing music to everyone else. And out of all the folks that I've ever had on this podcast Um, Daphnis has an attitude uh, of can do and will do. And that's the thing that just amazes me the most about him. Uh, Lots of musicians have a can do attitude, but Daphnis has just a joy talking about his music um, and writing his music and composing his music, and, and it's infectious. It truly is. 
And his new record, Cantar, which will be out on uh, the 15th, is just absolutely amazing. It's a great record. Um, and it's a, a departure for him. And we talk a little bit about that in the interview. And I hope everybody will uh, head over to DaphnisonMusic.com and pick up a copy and check it out because it really is, um, you know, just just great. And I'm such a fan of his work. So please help me welcome back to the Drum Shuffle podcast, Daphnis Prieto. Hey, good afternoon, Daphnis. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Very, uh, thank you very much, Jamie. Oh, you're you're welcome. Thanks for taking time to come back on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I think the last time we spoke was right around the end of 21, and you told me you were working on some some interesting new things. I now know what that is, but uh, how how has 2022 been going for you this year? So, so far, so, you know, so good that things are coming along and, and I'm doing some touring, uh, uh, especially now with, uh, with Chucho Valdez, who, who I've been working for a couple of years already in different, uh, in different configurations. Uh, but yeah, I guess I'm also happy to, uh, to be uh, releasing this new album, Cantar, which is, uh, an album of songs and, uh, yeah, just, you know, keeping it busy between the creative life and also the teaching here at the Frost School of Music in the University of Miami. Sure, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, I know that that does keep you quite busy, but the last time we talked, um, you know, I, I think it was right around the time um, your book was out. Um, you, you had some other things, you know, going on. Uh, and I know that you keep quite busy with with everything, um, but this new project that you mentioned, Cantar, um, um, this is a little bit of a departure for you. This is um, we're seeing a side of you that we haven't seen on eight prior records as a leader. Um, you're now serving as lyricist, so. Talk to me a little bit about that. Was that something that that has been you know, sort of in your back pocket for a while that you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, this is this is something that, you know, it has taken a while in the pretty cooking of it, I will say. Um, because there are songs there that, that are songs that I've been carrying through the years that I've been written um, in different times. So, you know, some of the songs are like 15 years old and the other, you know, other ones like 10 and some others, they are co brand new compositions that I just uh, developed and, and put it together uh, for the album as well. So, but, you know, songwriting for me has been something that, that it has influenced me. Um, and it has influenced and inspired me to, uh, to get deeper in the, in the path of music. Uh, songwriting is the, kind of the first style that I started getting into music when I was a kid, when I used to play guitar and sing songs, uh, even before doing anything of percussion, picking up the sticks or doing anything on, on any compositional level later on. Uh, songs just like by 
Cuban composers, but also Latin American composers and and some of the composers from the from the rest of the world. So that's something that has been there. It's just that now uh, I made the decision to just um, share it and put it together uh, in this album. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit more uh, for a wider audience. Uh, just because include the the lyrics and the, the storytelling of of in each of the song, but uh, but also because there's a variety of of uh, of ways to deliver that we have uh, three different languages uh, sing on on this song uh, by the great uh, vocalist and singer uh, Luciana Sosa, and she's singing in three different languages in Spanish and English and also in Portuguese. So it is a lot in the album and and in regards to the you know the my presence now or my inclination or my appearance in a way on the on the songwriting and you know the lyrics world uh, it's just basically for you know the majority of the people who don't who didn't know that I've been, um, you know, into that kind of uh, writing and that kind of uh, approach to music for a long time. Sure. Well, and, and I mean, you know, it goes without saying, you know, this is your, um, I guess, ninth album as a band leader. And the prior eight, you know, it, um, I, you know what a fan I am of, of the big band records and just how absolutely crushing those were, you know. Um, this is a little bit different in that, you know, the, the band that you took into the studio to do this, um, you, you know, is a smaller uh, group. Um, and, and these songs aren't, um, I'm not going to say it's a complete departure from your style of playing, but it's clearly focused more on the storytelling aspect and, and the lyrics uh, of the songs so I was, you know, a little bit surprised by it, but um, it's, as you said, it's a continuation of you growing as a musician. And you mentioned some of these songs have been around for quite a few years. I'm just curious, did you keep those songs in your back pocket waiting for the right singer to come along that you could collaborate with? Or was the timing just not right to do a, a, a vocal album before now? Well, I would say all of the above. Um, you know, everything has a time, and you know, I cannot do a record, uh, the whole fully presented record with just a couple songs. I have to gather uh, uh, different uh, songs and with different characters, et cetera, et cetera. At least in my case, that's the way I do it. So I, you know, it took this long for, for all of those reasons that, that you mentioned. Uh, I've worked before. I believe that one of the first things that I did, it was back in like maybe 15 years ago that I, I did uh, one of the songs that actually is on the album. It was sent first by uh, Benisa Santi, uh, who was a singer that uh, at that time was actually uh, resident in Philadelphia, and um, and I and I worked with other singers before, uh, including Claudia Cunha, uh, 
uh, that have sang some of uh, my songs as well, but also the work that I did with uh, which completely different uh, templates, but uh, the work that I did with the proverb trio, which includes a lot of uh, open uh, freestyling singing from from Kokai in this case, who also sings and and do a freestyling rap. Sure. Well, you know, and I know that a lot of your prior albums, you've been uh, partnering with with Eric uh, Oberstein for a long time. He's been producing um, your records, and I know that he co-produced this with Larry Klein, um, who you know has worked with Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and, and Tracy Chapman. I mean, he's worked with everybody. Herbie Hancock. Um, was it a little bit of a departure for you to have a second producer in the studio or was it, did it just make sense since this album is a little bit different for you to have two producers helping out with, with getting the album together? Yeah, we, we got into a, the kind of the conclusion uh, of using, uh, especially Larry Klein, because because of different reasons, but also because of the reasons that you mentioned, the experience that he have had in the past uh, of working with so many different singers. Uh, but I also like his taste in the musical aspect, just because he's not looking specifically for you know an astray ahead uh, in the genre kind of uh, music, and and that was something that I was uh, interesting to work with someone of that uh, caliber and also with that kind of mindset. So, yeah, I, I you know, and, and it happens that he's the husband of um, Luciana Sosa. So that was almost like uh, keeping uh, the whole production within the family. And, um, and yeah, it was very uh, productive to, to have uh, uh, Larry also participating in this album. Sure. Well, and it, you know, as with all of your releases, it sounds just absolutely incredible. And, you know, I, if I'm reading it correctly, um, most of the album was tracked at the end of, of 2021. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, so these have really been, you know, in the can, so to speak, for a little while. Um, and I, I just want to make sure I get this out there and correct me if I'm wrong, but the street date for the album is September 16th. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, so that's coming up right away. And, you know, you mentioned, um, at the very beginning of our interview that you've been doing some, you know, some live shows and some tour dates. Is there any plan for the uh, Cantar group to do some live dates as well? Well, we're trying to do our best to book some some gigs around. We hope that presenters would be interested and will open their doors to uh, to this project as well. We uh, now we are in that moment of of uh, trying to reach out to those presenters and see if they're would be interested. You know, we can only do so much as a musicians. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, there, there's only 24 hours in the day and I, I feel like you're already <laughs> occupied about 22 of those. So you're a busy guy. So yeah. I know it's difficult to, to get stuff like that together, but you know, it's, 
it, it, it's it, it would be great if you guys could is what I'm getting at. Oh yeah, I I would love to. I would love to, but you know, uh, as I say, it doesn't really depend on on my willpower. Um, so you know, one way or another, this is a very connecting, uh, you know, piece of that. You do something, and then you release it, and then it really depends on on the people's, uh, you know, acceptance or invitation to to bring it to the next level of playing a life. Uh, we are completely, um, you know, uh, looking forward to perform. And, but right now we're just focusing on, on putting the album out and to, to promote it as much as we can. Uh, and then see what's happening after that. Sure. Well, you know, that, that leads me to, you know, I think an interesting angle and, and some interesting questions. And I think I know the answer to this, but, you know, you, you mentioned acceptance of the, the general population. Um, you know, obviously this is um, different than, you know, for example, the big band records. Did you, do you have any... Um, trepidation, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Do you have any concerns that this being, you know, a, a, a lyrics first, you know, um, singing record, do you have any worries that it's um, that your fan base that's used to the big band records and things like that, that they might scratch their head a little bit or, or do you even care? Uh, I, I can only hope that they understand it. Uh, I, and I cannot avoid to do what I really want to do. And, and as long as I am in peace with it, that's what it counts to me. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what people like or what they don't, <clears throat> uh, that, you know, completely regardless of, of, of the people that already, uh, you know, like my previous music and my previous albums, uh, I keep developing uh, as a musician and as a human being, and I hope they do as well. And I'm not really responsible for that. I'm, I can only be responsible for my own growth. So in that case, uh, I can only deliver it what I, in the most honest way, uh, what I what I what I want to deliver or what I'm interested on to share uh the rest of it are just consequences of that sure well and you know by by listening to the record i can tell that you know a, a lot of this was written from a very personally introspective um standpoint i mean i i can hear that you've got some songs um you know to your family members in here um things like that um and i think it does show you know, a tremendous amount of maturity and growth that you're comfortable enough to put a record out that is a little bit of a departure for you. Um, it, it's, you know, phenomenal sounding record, obviously. Um, I, I just, I'm curious as to, uh, you know, the, the writing process as you were writing these songs and some of them you've said have been around for a long time. Um, you know, 
was there a point in time where you had finished writing some of these songs and you said, okay, now I feel like it's a, a cohesive album's worth of material and, and now is the time to do that? Yeah, I had to feel I had to feel that uh, in order to to make that decision. Yeah. Uh, I really uh, the kind of person that that just wants to rush into something without even knowing what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's certainly not a jam session or a or a song or a or an album of standards. So you know, it takes a, a long process of development. Uh, and finding the focus in each particular song. And there is a great deal of intimacy. And uh, as you mentioned before, um, but you know, it's, 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 that's part of the, of, of the process of, of, of how um, it evolves uh, all the music uh, to get to that, to that, you know, I know in a way, um, saying of, oh yeah, I have the material now ready, let's do it. Even though we record actually more songs than the ones that made it to the album. Uh, we end up uh, taking out uh, a few songs uh, from the album just because we are still, even in the post-production, we were dealing with the shape of the album and the characteristics, etc., etc. So we still have a, a few a few songs that didn't make it to the album that we might put it out later on a single. Well, that's great. And, you know, I think one of the things that, that sets you apart um, in our world is the fact that you do put so much thought into your projects. Um, It's, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from anybody else because music and art is so subjective and, you know, mm-hmm. b- beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But sometimes I listen to records and it, as exactly as you said, it just sounds like a bunch of guys went into the studio and had a half a day jam session and said, OK, there's our record. And they put it out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you do that. <laughs> I feel like everything is very well thought through and you can just tell that there's a lot of time care and love put into every project that you're associated with um you know so and i mean that in the best way possible um talk to me a little bit about how that process works in your life you know that the the fact that you do care so much and you think things through a little bit more than, than some others? Well, I, I care about music and I care about art. And, you know, there are different levels of doing that. You can, you know, you can go and, and jam for a second with some friends in a, in a studio and, uh, and call it whatever you want. That, that's necessarily not the way I've been approaching my artistry just because I like composition in a most refined way. And also I like the delivering to be as honest as possible, meaning that I'm not just, you know, replicating genetic patterns and, and things that, that you can necessarily hear everywhere else. I'm trying to identify and focus, uh, uh, my music in this case to my own lens. 
so so it's going to be hard uh you know to make it feel like it sounds like some like something else and 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 uh so because it has a very uh specific vocabulary uh just like like the vocabulary i have developed through my uh speaking or my the way of i act and react and, and speaking and do things in my through the life and all of that life experiences personal life experiences are the ones that I'm interested to share through sounds and music. I'm, I'm not really necessarily uh, interested to share uh, someone else's experiences because that's that's what that's what they should be doing. Um, so in this case, I see music in a very personal way. So I have no other choice than just uh, give it a thought and, and and understand that I want to uh, to really. Uh, you know, when I listen to music, I don't listen to just any music. I listen to music that interests me and that makes me, uh, have inviting me in a music that invites me to a journey that I might not have been before. And that's to me, uh, one of the, the great, uh, you know, uh, possibilities that, that are arts and specifically music. Uh, can give to the ears of the listeners. Yeah, I mean, I y- you said it all right there. I mean, there are certain there are certain songs that that you know, at least for me, that I can hear, or a certain album that I can listen to, and it will transport me back to an exact moment in time. For example, mm-hmm. you you know what I mean? Like, I can put on a certain record and be you know, in the eighth grade again, going to football practice or, or whatever the case may be. And that's the beauty of, you know, putting your emotions into music. Then the listener can tie that to certain emotions in their own life. And that's what okay. gives a song or an album a life of its own. And I think that's all any of us really want, right, is is to put it out a, a snapshot in time and then let the listener interpret it into, you know, how it affects their life. Am I am I on the right track there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, it's it's all about connection in this case, uh, uh, because at the end of the run, you know, you can I can do all of this music here in my house, and and it's still fine and everything else. But in the moment that I want to share something, I need to tailor that to not only to my personal view, but I need to tailor it to the thinking that 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 is going to connect somehow uh, with some people having similar experiences or or inviting uh, uh, those listeners to 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 go through the journey of those experiences that I might have. Absolutely. Well, um, one thing that I do want to ask you about is I was listening through the record um, and, and we kind of have a running joke. I'm going to set this up a little bit, but, you know, we, we have a, a running joke between us about the use of the frying pan. Did I hear yeah. did I hear some frying pan on track five to the concert or, or, or am I imagining that? 
Oh yeah, no, no, that's, that's <laughs> it. For, for the my, album, that's for sure. Yeah, well, for <laughs> for my listeners that don't know, um, there's a great video out there somewhere where you're literally using a frying pan in your drum set, and you know, I I think yeah. I made the comment if. It, you know, if I could just play a frying pan as good as Daphnis, I would be <laughs> a lot, a lot better drummer. So, but I, you know, I caught that and I was like, how awesome is that? You know, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really complex rhythm going on in this album, which everybody should expect from you. But did you approach the recording of this album any different than you would any other album? Well, you know, it's a songwriting album. Uh, so things might change now, you know, just having the, the, the lyrics saying the storytelling, it in a way uh, changes the dynamic on how to do things. But that is all very... Uh, you know, um, it's, it's all bo- depending on, on your strategy of, of what you want to do with the song. Uh, I mean, the beauty of composition and arranging of those compositions is that you can have one composition, uh, maybe keeping the same melody and put it that melody in a completely different scenario and make something rhythmically completely different and making that song sound way differently than what it was originally uh, you know, meant to be. So that's the beauty of, of, of music and the manipulation of sounds at the end of the run uh, in this case. But, you know, the approach in itself, I wouldn't say that it's that, that different. Uh, you know, now instead of having the melodies played by instruments, is the melody most of the time is played by or sing. Uh, with the lyrics, uh, but I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really theoreticalize or premeditate uh, any kind of different approach. And to me, this is all a very natural uh, progress. Uh, many times, you become fully aware of of the state that you're in at that moment and some other times it takes you some time to understand uh, and to become aware of that state that you've been in. Uh, so I I just try to approach uh, all of that and especially uh, in the making of this album as much natural as possible. Sure. Well, that leads me to kind of my next, um, I guess, line of of questioning. Did this, um, what was the recording process like? Um, Was it, did did you do it traditionally, meaning, you know, you and and the bass player, did you guys go in and kind of approach it from a rhythmic standpoint at first and then overdub the other parts or was it more of a live recording within just vocal overdubs and how long did that whole process last? Oh, no, no, no. We, we did the recording everyone live. Awesome. At the same time, we, we had, um, I believe two days of rehearsing, 
at the same studio we were going to record. And then two or th three days of, re of rehearsing. And then we had uh, another two or three days of recording. I don't remember. But, um, but yeah, it was all uh, recorded together. And we did some overdubs here and there and some fixes and, you know, the regular routine of, 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 uh, of polishing and, you know, and refining the material. But, but we really did it, uh, all together. We don't, I don't really, um, like that much the multi-tracking kind of recording. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I knew that was kind of your MO, especially with the big band stuff, but, I didn't know with this being a, a, you know, vocal forward record and, and, you know, quite frankly, I don't know how Mr. Klein works. You know, some producers would never hear of a vocalist singing live with the band, you know, so I think it's all a matter of, you know, personal preference. So I was just curious how that worked. But um, it, is a, well, it also has to do with the material, with the kind of music. If I'm playing a music where, where the music, if if I'm doing a song where, where there where there is not interaction, or the level of interaction is minimum, and I just have a backup soundtrack by a singer, you know that could be a, an idea of doing it. But I don't. Most of the record, most of the material, and the music on this record. Uh, it's very interactive, and, and I really wanted the Luciana, the singer in this case, to interact and 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 and, and give um, you know also that interactions back to with the with the bandmate. So, um, and I think that's that's to me the most organic way of doing it. Sure. Well, and, you know, as I said at the very outset, it is just a phenomenal sounding um, record uh, and it is very organic. And there's a lot of really cool, in my opinion, interplay between, you know, the rhythmic aspects and the vocals. It's um, I can really feel that that you were the lyrics are rooted in what what it is that you do. Um, it, it's um, it's obvious, and I think when everybody gives it a listen, um, they're really going to enjoy it. It's a another, you know, in my uh, opinion, a fantastic uh, Daphnis record. Yeah, thank you. You're very Appreciate welcome. Um, now, I, I'm assuming the record is going to be available, you know, through your website, which is uh, DaphnisonMusic.com. Um, is it going to be available on all the streaming services and all that as well? Yeah, of course. As always, um, uh, we have actually been putting out uh, some singles before the record comes out. Uh, we have three singles that, that we're putting out before uh, there's the release date, um, and then we're gonna put the rest of the of the sound packs. But the whole music is going to be available, yeah, in all the streaming platforms, and, and we have some very cool videos as well uh, that we are launching on our YouTube uh, channel as well. 
Yeah, I saw where um, I think the the song "The Muse" uh, is going to be available as a video here real soon. If if not already, it, it may have actually came out this weekend. But um, I know yeah. that that you've got some videos together for it, and I was seeing some some preview clips uh, over on your website, which again is DaphnisonMusic.com. Um, so, what does the the future hold? I know right now you're fully in, you know, Cantar, you know, promotion mode, trying to get the album out, et cetera. And we talked about maybe doing some, some live gigs, things like that, but what is next in the hopper for you? Or are you even looking uh, ahead that far? It could be anything. Uh, at this moment, it could be anything. It could be another big band record. It could be a quartet record. It could be a sextet record. It could be another thing is on writing a record. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't have right now a, a schedule uh, for, for, you know, to make that happen, you know, to record it or to do something like that. So I got you. Well, you yeah. you always have something up your sleeve. It seems like Daphnis. <laughs> I feel like every yeah. every time we talk, there's going to be something that comes out. You know, three, six, nine months later, that blows my mind all over again. So, so we'll be looking forward to whatever that next thing is. But um, talk to me a little bit. You know, I know the semester is just starting uh, down at the University of Miami. Talk to me a little bit about you know, you're, you're teaching, are you still teaching a, a pretty heavy schedule, uh, at Frost? Yeah. Yeah. I'm teaching, I'm teaching at Frost. Um, uh, I teach so many different things at Frost. Uh, you know, drums, is just the, the regular, the kind of the, the middle, the middle backbone to that. But, um, I teach composition as well. And I have, a three different ensembles, two of them just regular ensembles and the other one is a is a big band. I also teach the the course of the Rhythmic Synchronicity that I created, which is the book that I think we talked about it. Yes. Before we covered that in, in another interview. And uh yeah, a lot of, of things that I <laughs> that I do there. Sure. Now are you still doing any private lessons at all? Oh no no I don't I don't really have time for that at this moment. No. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I know. Um you know, if I were half as busy as you, I would be the most exhausted man in America, I'm <laughs> sure. So it's just amazing how much energy you have and I you know, I've told you this before and I'm sincere when I say this, Daphnis, I really am. Um your musical gift that you give to all of us um, is just incredible. Um, your your sense of, of style and playing is just, it's amazing to me. Um, you know, and, and I'm not just saying that. I, I truly, sincerely mean that. Um, and I hope that you keep putting more and more things out there for all of us to discover and enjoy um, because I love listening to your playing. Um, it's so tasteful and um, awe-inspiring. Thank you for, you know, continuing to put out great music for all of us to listen to. Uh, thank you. My pleasure. Um, 
you know, I, I really do it because I mean it and I really enjoy it and I really want to share a part of me with the world. Um, and, you know, besides the passion that I have for music, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I always, I always say we'll see how long it lasts. Um, because, you know, one thing is to have an opinion like, like you have. And, and I really appreciate, you know, all the wonderful words that you have said about me and my attitude and, uh, my music, but, um, it, it does not only depend on a few people. And as I mentioned before, earlier in the, in the interview, you know, it, it, being around and, and being able to, to make a career out of what, uh, what you like is not only, uh, your willpower to, to just playing the instrument or writing music. There's a, a lot of, uh, different, uh, that to tie it up and to make connections with and, Sometimes you want to reach uh, certain people, and those people are in some something completely different, and they just completely uh, have their doors or windows completely closed to you. So that in that case, I will uh, I will say that uh, we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, I mean, I and you know, I don't want to get you know uh, on my soapbox here, but it really is difficult, and and for the folks that, you know, listen to, to this podcast, um, that aren't maybe necessarily in the music business, they call it the music business for a reason and putting out great records costs a lot of money. You have to pay, Uh you have to pay a producer, you have to pay a studio, you have to pay, you know, a, a mixing engineer, you have to pay for mastering, you have to pay, for marketing, you have to pay somebody to do your album cover. Um, if you're going to sell it in a physical format, you have to pay for duplication. Um, uh-huh. It is not an easy business. And if you don't have, you know, um, a huge bank account yourself, you're relying yeah. on getting funding from other places and partnering uh-huh. with the right people and then you have to have a lot of luck as well to make sure your music gets in front of the the right ears, so to speak. So it's uh-huh. it is not easy. And you know, as you said, let's see how long it lasts. But you know, my prayer uh-huh. for you, my friend, is that you continue having success um, and and getting stuff out there. I mean, that's all we can do as musicians is to continue uh-huh. creating our art. And putting it out there, right? Yeah, that's what I that's what uh, I've been doing for almost twenty years already. Uh, and you know, as I say, you know, I keep doing so until until it lasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I hope it continues for a good long while. So, um, just once again to recap, uh, the album is Cantar. It is Daphnis Preto. Uh, with uh, Luciana Sousa. Um, The album is is available September 16th everywhere. You've got some singles out now, some videos, and everybody can find more information at DaphnisonMusic.com. Did I get all that right? Oh, yes. Uh, I also wanted to add just just the lineup of the great musicians that we have on this album. Uh, we have Peter Afoban 
who's a, an amazing multi-instrumentalist. And he plays saxophone, flutes, keyboards, percussion, uh, and so many other different things uh, in this album. He's, he's like my right hand. He, in, he has been my right hand in so many different other projects, previous projects of mine. Uh, I've been working with, uh, with Peter for almost 20 years already. Uh, and we have also uh, Martin Bejerano, who's a great piano player, uh, and who happens to be a colleague of mine here at the Frost School of Music in Miami. Uh, and, uh, he's the, that's the first time that I, that I actually, uh, record with him. And he has an amazing, uh, sensitivity and, and also a great experience by working with, uh, vocalists. And we have on bass, uh, Matt Brewer, who is an amazing bass player and, and someone that is the, is the first time that I actually record with him as well. And he did such an amazing job, uh, you know, just playing and, and doing so many beautiful things on the, on this album, on, on, on what he plays. So, and I'm really, uh, really proud of and happy of, uh, everything that they, they brought to the table and all the magic that they were able to deliver in this album. Absolutely. And it, it's, again, it's a fantastic sounding record and, uh, we're going to send some folks your way and hopefully everybody will pick up their copy on September 16th and enjoy it. Uh, I certainly have, I've enjoyed listening to it and, uh, you know, thanks to you and, and Chris both for getting an advanced copy over to me. Um, I, I can't thank you enough and, and Daphnis, it goes without saying, um, I believe this is your fourth time on the Drum Shuffle podcast, and I, th- I think I'm not sure, but I think that makes you um, my most frequent guest. I think you now <laughs> hold the record for most appearances on the podcast. Anytime, anywhere, when you have something going on, you say the word, and we will have you back anytime. Well, thank you very much, Amy, again uh, for your continuing support and your love to uh to what i've been doing through the years and i really appreciate it and and i hope uh uh people enjoy the album as well and uh you know i'm looking forward to see you in the next in the next podcast i guess yeah absolutely yeah you got to put out another record man Get us another, get us another record in by, uh, you know, early 23 and we'll have you back and we'll talk all about that one too. But Daphnis, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, uh, to come hang out with us for about an hour. And, uh, we're going to send some folks your way for this new record. Yeah. Well, thank you very much again. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right, guys and girls, that's going to wrap up episode 147 of the Drum Shuffle podcast. Um, Always a a pleasure to have Daphnis on the show, and I want to thank him for taking time out of his very busy and sleep-deprived schedule (laughs) for coming on the show. Uh, He's just one of the busiest guys in the business, and uh, for good reason. He's, He's one of the greats, and I hope everybody will check out a copy of uh, the great new record, Cantar, uh, available on September 15th. As always, thanks to 
each and every one of you for taking time out of your schedules to listen to the Drum Shuffle podcast. I simply cannot do the show without you. Uh, we rely on you to listen to the show, to download the show. And the biggest thing you can do to help us out is to share a link with a friend. Just say, hey, you should check out this great podcast. I hope you think it's great. Share a link with a friend. Uh, hit the thumbs up button on whatever platform you use to listen in to the Drum Shuffle podcast. Leave us a rating or a review if you have the time to do so. That helps us to continue to grow as well. As I say, each and every episode, you can find more information on me over at jamieeds.com. We answer every single email that we get here at the Drum Shuffle Podcast. That email address is thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you so much. May your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>